You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello and welcome again to Disney One by One. This very well could be the final time you ever hear us, depending on what we decide to do after this. But uh, welcome to the show. David, we have made it through the list of 58 movies. How How do you feel? We did. I'm... Excited and sad. Um, this is a long time coming. It's been a year and a half now, maybe a little more than that, actually, a year and eight months. But I'm glad we did it. I didn't know if we could make it, if I could make it through 60 Disney movies, but <laughs> I did, and I enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah, let me do the formalities real quick. You can find us everywhere online at Disney One X One. You can follow us. I don't know what else we're gonna post, but do that. And of course, if you can uh, go back in time and listen to our old episodes, feel free because every one of these movies, well, all but a couple are on Disney Plus. So you can go back in our back catalog and follow along. This is episode 59 unofficially. I don't think we put a number on the ones without movies, but uh, it's it, we'll, we'll be wrapping up our experience doing this show and we'll uh, bring in a couple guests as we go. So David, we started this. I should probably have this open. The very first episode we recorded, we recorded on July 24th, 2018. We actually did uh, our intro and Snow White on the same day. But those weren't released until yeah, January 2nd. But that is the only way this could have been this successful. It is. A weekly podcast is definitely a grind. It's One episode is more work than you'd think, and Mike edited them all. So give him props for that. Adding in all the songs and everything is not easy. I uh, stopped keeping track in my spreadsheet here of how long each one was, but they probably averaged 45 minutes. So 45 minutes times... 58 plus the intro plus this outro plus three or four interview shows it's a lot of content <laughs> it's a lot to push out in a year and yeah so we we recorded 19 or 20 of these before we released anything and uh that helped keep us up to date and this one is being recorded a week before we're releasing it and that's the uh closest we've come to catching up so not not too bad <laughs> <laughs> yep it didn't it didn't catch up completely we we did it we stayed ahead of the the movie grind. So David, you did mention a little bit at the top of the show, but talk a little bit more about your overall experience going through all these. Well, we definitely have a unique perspective. I don't know how many people in the world have seen all of these movies. We might be in an exclusive club. Now that Disney Plus is out, though, I don't know. That club is going to be a little bit less exclusive. There's a couple people from college that I've seen watching through all the movies who hmm. I messaged and said, you should listen to our podcast yeah. while you watch them. Yeah. A girl is on like movie 25 or something, which is a lot from Disney plus came out in like November. I think. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's, I, I didn't really know what to expect. Cause I hadn't seen half, half the movies on this list. I mean, most of them I'd seen when I was a little kid. So definitely Disney was just mostly a nostalgic thing. Like something that I enjoyed as a kid. Um, I would see the occasional, new one. I had seen probably half of those from the past 10 years before recording. I was definitely surprised at how many bad Disney <laughs> movies there were, especially in the first like few decades. You can, if you go back, there was dark period there where I wasn't the most positive about these movies. But once we hit the nineties, they kind of hit a stride. And then I think in the last decade or so they hit another stride. So it's been there's been some up and ups and downs, but those are my kind of high-level thoughts. Um, Mike, did this meet your expectations? 
Yeah, the whole reason why we did this in the first place was because I did want to watch all these in order, and I was going to do it anyway. And so I thought we might as well do something with it. I'd never made a podcast before. Thought it'd be a fun challenge. I've, As I've said on the show before, I've started and stopped many projects that didn't last more than eight or nine weeks or less. I think the most interesting thing about this whole process, and it's obvious, but it's true, is just seeing the evolution. The evolution of technology, the evolution of talent, the evolution of how these movies are marketed, um, how they're screened, how they're released, and really diving into the history of all these, the processes of the animation, the evolution in technology, all these things like we really got to see watching through these. I mean, the first one is in 1937, and the last one is still in theaters. That's a long span of time, and so much has changed through there, and you can see that in large ways and small ways throughout all these movies. It's just amazing what they could do back in the day. If you listen to the old episodes, I probably said the word impressive like a thousand times because I was so impressed by what these people could do with such minimal technology with Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, Bambi, all these old ones where it's like they barely have, I mean, they don't have computers. It's taking film and exposing one frame at a time. And then the computers start coming in slowly and slowly and you see this change and you see, you start seeing celebrities coming into these movies as, as voice actors, as opposed to just random people that you, know, you don't really know who they are. And it's just cool to see the, the film world change. And as someone who's really interested in, in movies and film history, it was quite the history lesson. And I definitely learned a lot reading about the history of every single one of these every single week. And there were some great surprises throughout, some great disappointments. We'll talk about both of these as we go, but... It was definitely a, a great experience. There are times where I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch another Disney movie tonight. <laughs> I'd rather watch something else. And times when we watched kid movies on a plane. And yes. Other people probably wondered, why are you watching Dumbo? <laughs> yes. But uh, overall, of course, it was fun. I love Disney. I love talking Disney. And so uh, we'll, we'll dive into our, our more detailed recap. But first, we'll bring in our most beloved guest. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh. Let's see. Let me find the, all the episodes he was on. He was on Pinocchio, Salutus Amigos, Alice in Wonderland, Black Cauldron, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Princess and the Frog. He was our first guest with Pinocchio, and he is our last guest with our outro. Chris Lair, welcome back to Disney One by One. Thank you. Thank you. It is an honor, as always. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things. I say that, I think, every time. Still true. I love it. So... I just, uh, I feel very bittersweet at this moment. Well, it's good to have you back. And and, and Chris is going to sort of moderate some of these conversations as David and I rattle off our lists of things, because David and I are the only two that have seen all of these. Except for David, you didn't watch Treasure Planet. Oh! <laughs> Calling you yeah, out. that's right. <laughs> you gave it away. Uh, uh, okay, I've seen it within the past, like, five years, so I think that counts. Yeah, he's a Disney a one by point nine fiver. Mm. <laughs> oh, Still an A, so that's good. So the first thing we're going to do is just kind of do a speed round. I want to rattle off all the movies uh, by decade, and David and I will each pick out our favorite of that decade. So Chris, why don't you start off? Why don't you just read all the movies from the 30s and 40s, and we'll, we'll begin. All right. You know, it's funny. While you were just doing that whole intro just now, I uh, did the math just in my head, and 83 years of, of feature animated films just... That's phenomenal. It's crazy. You know, I don't. I often don't think of it like that. And that, yeah, that kind of time span. That's amazing. So, here we go. We're gonna have to soar through them. So for the 30s, so I guess only one from the 30s. Well, we'll do, to the 40s. Com combine the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got 
Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, Bambi, Saludos Amigos, The Three Caballeros, Make Mind Music, Fun and Fancy Free, Melody Time, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. A lot of clip shows in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will, I will begin the award show as okay. I'm kind of thinking of this as the Oscars are coming up. So yes, they are. Okay. It's on my mind. It's true. Um, all right, decade number one, the 30s and 40s. My winner is Bambi. Mike, yours has got to be Saludos Amigos, right? Three Caballeros, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Dang it. <laughs> so that really was your pick? Oh, of course. It didn't change? Oh, okay. No. Right, I'm not judging. <laughs> so we're on to the 50s here. Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, and Sleeping Beauty. David. All right, the 50s is Sleeping Beauty. Mike? Peter Pan. Ah, yes, very good. Okay, 60s. Okay, 101 Dalmatians, The Sword in the Stone, Jungle Book. 60s was lean. 60s, 101 Dalmatians. Same here. Really? Yep, moving on. No love for Sword in the Stone. <laughs> 70s. <laughs> the Aristocats, Robin Hood, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and The Rescuers. David. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Uh-huh. And the 80s, The Fox and the Hound, The Black Cauldron. That's got to be your pick. Uh, the Great Mouse Detective, Oliver and Company, and The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. Yeah, that, that one just snuck its way in there in 89. Yeah, no kidding. That's actually not quite fair to the 80s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, 90s. Here we go. Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, and Tarzan. This Ooh, is wow. the hardest one Dang. <laughs> by far, and I am picking Tarzan. What? No way. <laughs> Lion King for Mike. Atta boy, Mike. <laughs> that is the correct answer. All right, on to the 2000s. Fantasia 2000, Dinosaur, Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis the Lost Empire, Lilo and Stitch, Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, Home on the Range, Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, Bolt, and The Princess and the Frog. Such a variety of movies. <laughs> no I kidding. Chose Treasure Planet. Ooh, okay. Mike? The one I have seen. The one you didn't seen. watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one. I've seen it many times. Uh, again, just sneaking its way in there, Fantasia 2000, no doubt about it. What? Really? Better than Princess and the Frog, huh? I mean, that's, it's close. All right, now here we are in the 2010s. Tangled, Winnie the Pooh, Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, Big Hero 6, Zootopia, Moana, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Frozen 2. On three. One, two, three. Moana. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? What? <laughs> Jeremy Corey would agree with me. Zootopia is the clear winner. We both picked the same year, but we picked a different movie. Yeah. Well, I would side with Moana for what it's worth. No offense, David. All right. Well, that, that may be a precursor of our top 10 list, our updated top 10 list, which we'll do at the very end of this episode. Right on. So do you want to move on to villains? Let's do it. And we can uh, provide a little more detail on these, on these categories here. So then the, this first, this next category would be the top three villains for each of you. And that spans 83 years. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck. 58 movies. <laughs> I think honorable, honorable mentions are more than welcome in these categories. Yeah. So do you want to, you want to kick us off, David? Top three villains? Sure. First top three villain is Hades from Hercules, voiced Ooh. by James Woods. Excellent um, he, He's such a fun villain. Mm -hmm. We talked about it on the episode, obviously. Um, he's just like one of those villains that's actually likable. He's not completely evil. You don't totally hate him. He's got charisma and he's funny. And the whole he fits the whole vibe of that movie really well. So Hades yeah. is my first pick. Good one. Great pick. Do you want to do all three of yours or do you want to alternate? Uh, let's alternate. All right, Mike, what's your first villain? My number three, talk about likable and fun. 
I love Prince John from Robin Hood. Uh, he's my number yeah. three. He's so good. That's he's, a good one. He's he's so funny and goofy, but also just quite evil. It makes a great complex villain. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. All right, my next one is Claude Frollo from Hunchback. <laughs> there he is. Chris, the were creep. you on that episode? I was. Yes. Okay, yeah. I mean, we all know he was evil, evil, and like probably the most evil villain out of all the movies, perhaps. He tortured people. He was evil to a handicapped person. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he was very like, lustful. Yeah, he just really surprised me, so that's kind of why he stuck out as a top villain. He's a strong pick. Can't knock that. Mike, what comes in at number two? My number two is Corella DeVille. Corella oh, really? DeVille. Yeah, she's awesome. It's iconic. She's awesome. She's iconic. That's exactly right. It's it's everything I'm going to list for the rest of the show is such a, it's a tough balance of history, nostalgia, and Ooh. like what's actually good, you know? Uh-huh. Which is which is what this entire podcast has been a mix of. Yeah. You know, all 58 episodes. But uh, right. yeah, Corella DeVille, she's fantastic. She's so ridiculous. You know from the beginning that she's a bad bad girl. And those scenes where she's driving her car and her hair is going crazy and there's just so much there's, there's so much there's so much great Cruella Deville content. A lot of a lot yeah, of memeable, a lot of memeable moments with her. So Yeah, no kidding. That might be an untapped vat of wealth in the meme world. Yes. She's she's my number 2. All right, which brings us to number 1, David, number 1 villain. Scar, voiced yeah. by Jeremy Irons. Scar is one of my favorite villain songs in any movie, and he's, his voice is just so perfect for the character, and he is so manipulative with Simba as a kid. You really just hate him, and it, it ends in an epic battle with fire and strife. So Yeah, yeah I think Scar is a great villain for one of the best Disney movies. Shakespearean, even. I love him. Uh, Mike, you? Number one, Scar. <laughs> hey, yes. Wow. So I don't need to say much else, but I do want to give an honorable mention to Shere Khan because I, I think Scar, Scar is very much inspired by Shere Khan. The way he moves, the way his voice is very smooth. And, and I think Scar owes a lot to Shere Khan and Jungle Book. So I'll, I'll, give, I'll give Shere Khan some credit there. I also, really like, I also really like Captain Hook. He's a really fun villain. Yeah. And not a, I wasn't a huge fan of Emperor's New Groove. Uh, I know I you'll be disappointed, but uh, Yzma, Yzma was fantastic. Yeah, Eartha Kit. So there's our villains. Yes. So we should move on to the heroes. So top three heroes. David, want to hit us with your three? Yep. Uh, number three, Robin Hood, voiced by Brian Bedford. Oh, solid, very, very man. lovable, solid hero. You know, he helps out the poor. He's very charismatic. He can shoot a bow super well, which I always always into bow shooters like Legolas and Lord of the Rings. So, <laughs> yeah, I've always loved Robin Hood's character. Great pick. Mike, what's your number three? This hero's category is almost harder than the villain's category because there's there's main characters, there's sidekicks, there's... That's true. You know, there's so many options. My number three, I went with Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, wow. She's she's not your typical Disney princess. You know, yeah, she got, she got her nose true. stuck in a book and she's not just going to fall for that man right away. And <laughs> I think she's a great character and I needed a little uh, Beauty and the Beast mention here. So I, I put Belle as number three. Well, that girl is strange, no question. Mm-hmm. David, number two, hero? Number two, Simba. Another Lion King pick. Um, he goes through some great character development from the little cub to the powerful ruler at the end. He's just a really solid protagonist, and I think lots of people can relate to him for different reasons. So, yeah, very good character. 
Absolutely. Mike, what's your number two? My number two is Robin Hood. Such a great character. Right on. I, I really could combine him with, I'd say Robin Hood and Little John, honestly, the two of them together, because I can, I can do that because it's my show. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I mean, they're, they're such a great dynamic, and I love Robin Hood's voice. Well, really both of them, because Little yeah. John is played by, uh, by Phil Harris. They're, they're just fantastic, great mm-hmm. characters. It's just a great, great movie, great characters, great story. David, here it is, man. The number one. Number one hero coming at you. I guess, I bet you didn't guess this one. Quasimoto. Oh, oh I did not guess that one. Um, he oh. is a hero that's completely put down the whole movie by his supposed like foster parent and the number mm-hmm. one or my number two villain, Claude Frollo. He gets friend zoned by Esmeralda and doesn't <laughs> complain at all. So mad respect for Quasimodo in wow. that movie. And that movie mm-hmm. also was a, you know, surprise of how adult themed it was. So yeah, no kidding. He was a good, good character and a very different, but a good hero. Nice. I'm really surprised Tarzan didn't crack your top three. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe it. All right, Mike, here it is. Number one hero. My number one hero is the genie of the lamp. Oh, he is talk about a group about talk about a great character. And we, we obviously talked a lot about this on the, our Aladdin episode, but Robin Williams as the genie is possibly the greatest Disney character ever created. Agreed. And so it's, it was hard not to put that as number one good guy on my list. I mean, the genie is really also the genesis of having a celebrity as a character in a, in an animated movie. Yeah. I mean, there were probably a few before that, but Robin Williams took that, made it him, and they made that character look like him, and they took all of his little antics, and honestly, like, the the early stages of even motion motion capture, in a sense. Like, now we put scan scanning marks on people's faces to record their faces so that, so that their performances are exactly in that animation. And that's what they did with Robin Williams and the genie. That had never really been done before. And... So just that character and the the cultural legacy that has been left behind by the genie and Robin Williams. I mean, that's yeah. that's number one for show. Major impact. But can Props. he be considered a hero when he doesn't really have a will to do good? <laughs> he has a will. He just can't really execute his will. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of these categories as good guys and bad guys. So. Okay. Good guys and bad guys. Well, I guess that'll take us on to our next category. So three movies that most surprised you. David, what is your third movie that you were most surprised by? Third movie, which was your first movie, Chris, Pinocchio. <gasps> Whoa! Surprised me with how like messed up and dark it was at points and how weird it <laughs> was and how disjointed and everything about it was pretty, pretty surprising. <laughs> Mike? Home, home, home on the range. Home, home, home on the range. <laughs> wow. No <laughs> I'm surprised with how much you enjoyed this one. This movie is so stupid, but I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> and the music is so good. Alan Menken makes a return after being gone for a number of years. And I think he just, he, the soundtrack is awesome. And as you all well know, if you listen to the show for a while, like the music is what gets me. And from the first note of that movie, I was in. <laughs> when the bad guy cowboy started yodeling i was i was in and it was yes. it was just a general generally stupid and enjoyable experience 
So Home on the Range is my number three biggest surprise. Were you ready to go into that movie and just kind of dislike it? I tried to go into all the ones that had bad reputations with an open mind. Mm -hmm. And again, I mean, it's all about getting you at the top. And as soon as that music started, I was I was hooked. Strong opening. It's important. All right. Well, David, then what is your second most surprised movie? Second one is a more recent film, Tangled. I didn't expect it to be good. I don't remember liking it that much. And I thought it was just such a solid movie. Like there was nothing I disliked about it. All of the characters were so unique. The witch who raised her to the Han Solo type character. I forget his name. Flynn. Flynn, Flynn Rider. Yeah. Flynn. Yeah. I just thought it was such a solid story and really entertained me. So that one was very surprising. I love that movie. I guess when I first saw it, I was kind of similar. I was like, ah. I don't know about this movie, but man, it hooked me too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's number two now to you, Mike. My number two was Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'd seen this before, and I had no idea what to expect other than I'd seen a poster and maybe a trailer back in the day. And it was just this weird, like Indiana Jones sci-fi space adventure with a lot of really great characters and some really cool animation. I just found it to be a very entertaining movie. A lot of great, a lot of great action and suspense. Yeah, a little Disney thriller. Sweet. All right, moment of truth. David, what was the number one movie that most surprised you? The Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, you can say that was again. The most surprising movie. <laughs> Starting off with the torture scene. I don't know. Just, just a weird story about prostitutes and the church and evils of the church and so many things. So. Yeah, that one was definitely the most surprising. And if you listen to, that, to our discussion about that movie, um, we I think we are all feeling the similar things. So that yeah. is my number one. It's a very weighty film. Absolutely. Mike, here to go. My number one biggest surprise was Princess and the Frog. I, you were surprised? Yeah. I hadn't seen this. or I'd seen it once a long time ago and had no memory of it. And it just blew me away. Love that movie. The music is incredible. The animation is incredible. The characters are so much fun. It's just, it is a rock solid Disney movie that just doesn't get talked about very much. So good. Plus, I'm in that episode, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then in the in the theme of balance, let's go to our three biggest disappointments. <laughs> David, kick us off with number three. Biggest disappointment. Number three was Cinderella. What? Yeah. This is a classic supposed to be a classic and i don't think me or mike really enjoyed this movie it was it was a lot of just childish humor of animals chasing each other and i felt like the storyline that should have been the central part of like the prince and cinderella wasn't really even in the movie much their relationship was very shallow and mm. i just didn't like it mike my number three biggest disappointment, and I agree with you about Cinderella, David. It didn't make my top three, but that movie just was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> my number three is The Emperor's New Groove. Okay, okay, okay. This... listen up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you two royally upset me with that episode. Okay, okay. This is the biggest disappointments list. It's not your bottom. It's not our bottom movies. There's a difference. How can it disappoint mind. you? It's like because it was hyped it was, up so much. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we What's had. What's not to love? Emperor's New Groove was number uh, 40. And I would say at least half of our guests before then had that in their top five, if not like two thirds. And so I was getting ready for like the greatest movie of all time. And it is. I played it and I was like, this is all right. 
I don't. What did you not love? Was it the compelling story? Was it the excellent humor? The wonderful acting? I don't. I don't understand. Was it the music? Was the music too good? Sorry. All right. I do like the. I do like the. I do like the Tom Jones song. Oh yeah, that was so good. That was on my short list of of top songs. My short list was about forty songs long, but it was on my short list. Well, I'm glad I, f- I finally got the chance to get this off my chest with you two. Thank you for your honesty, <laughs> David. Number two, biggest disappointment. Number two is Dinosaur. What? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I loved this movie as a kid, so it really disappointed me when I didn't like it as an adult. It's just like the lamest <sighs> story ever. The animation of real and fake is impressive for the time, but it doesn't hold up. And I just was so disappointed because I wanted to love it because I used to love dinosaurs so much. Oh, I got to move on. <laughs> Mike, what's your uh, your number two biggest disappointment? My number two biggest disappointment was Brother Bear. I had never seen Brother Bear before, and I knew it was a hand-drawn kind of classic Disney film. I knew it was in the super widescreen aspect ratio because I'd seen some clips before, and it seemed pretty epic. And it was animals and Disney and all you know all those all those elements. But it just wasn't good, and the music, yeah. the music in that movie, oh my gosh, those songs were bad. The Phil, the Phil Collins soundtrack, like he nailed it in Tarzan. Whether you like the combination of those songs in the movie or not, at least the songs are good. The Brother Bear was just the songs were bad. The lyrics were just were corny. I was not impressed. I was hoping to be, and I was not. So I guess that brings us to your number one biggest disappointment on David. three, one, two, oh. three. Fantasia. Whoa! whoa. (laughs) Shots fired, David. Go ahead. Mike had hyped this movie up my entire life. Oh, we watched this at Grandma's. (laughs) Me and Carol on VHS. I love this movie so much. It's amazing. This was in that dark era of the movies that were just disjointed segments from South America. And (laughs) it was not good. There isn't a song that I really enjoy from it. There isn't. Uh, maybe there was like one scene that was entertaining but for the most part just not a good movie there's the penguin who wants to go to the tropics there's the birds that sing songs there's the gaucho and the flying donkey you're blinded by your nostalgia there's a trip to bahia (laughs) mike you're much like me with with uh emperor's new groove here so (laughs) good i will tell you when i was when we were in michigan over christmas and all the nephews were sitting around and they're like, we, sh- we should watch something short on Disney+. Plus." I said, do you know what? We're going to watch some penguins. And I played <laughs> I played them the first 15, 20 minutes of Three Cab Heroes and they loved it. Well, I'm sure they did, there but I am 26 years old and <laughs> I did not enjoy it. All right. Well, my, my biggest disappointment, which I proclaimed hoping David's would be the same, was, uh, was Fantasia, the original. This was a slog. Man, that's actually one of my favorite episodes to Ooh. listen to. I've re-listened to that one because just it's hilarious. And I love Fantasia 2000. I already mentioned it in the, my favorite of the of that decade, and I was hoping that this would be comparable, if not better, because it's the original. And it was so long. I think it was two and a half hours long, and each scene was just oh, it's just. I think I probably fell asleep a couple times. It was just. It was, <laughs> Did you actually fall asleep? I, I, I don't know. It was a long time ago. That's a yes. <laughs> It inspired me after listening to that episode to go, like, try and watch it. Oh, it's so true. Everything you guys said was true. (laughs) And it's really long. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Well, I guess that wraps up the biggest surprises and disappointments. Yeah, and before we move on to our next category, I want to play a voice message. We got got a message from one of our listeners. His His name's Callum, so I'll play it right now. 
Hello Disney one by one. I'd like to say thank you for 60 plus hours of content to listen to. It's definitely kept me company on the way to work. Looking forward to seeing what you guys do next. Just thought I'd ask the question, what would you say is the best Disney song that they have made? Thank you very much. Mine says, hey, it's okay to say you're welcome. All right, have a good one. Bye, guys. So, Callum, we're not just going to tell you our favorite one song. We're going to count down our top five, but I have ten. Because <laughs> I couldn't do five. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the message, Callum. We, we really appreciate yes, it. thank you, Callum. And uh, so, I don't know how you want to do this, Chris, but I have ten, so. All right. Well, I guess we'll do, we'll do David and then two for Mike and then one for David. <laughs> Yeah, I have five. Okay. Okay, good. So that, that'll work out. Okay. So, David, kick us off with five. Colors of the Wind, Pocahontas. Oh, so good. So good. I'll let the songs speak for themselves. You think you own whatever land you land on. The earth is just a dead thing you can claim. But I know every rock and tree and creature has a life, has a spirit, has a name. So, Mike, what is uh, number 10 and 9 for you? Well, I, I need to give an honorable mention as well. Because oh, no. You only what get is 10. This? No. What's happening? When You Wish Upon a Star is like the quintessential Disney song. It's it not on my list because it's too, like, it, it is the best one, I will mm. declare. It is their theme song. It is like the one that is just like the classic original. So that's my yeah. honorable mention. That's just, that's just kind of over everything. That's kind of number one, but it's not my number one. That's fair. <laughs> so my ten, That's fair. Fine. <laughs> so my, my 10 and nine are, uh, I'm sneaking it in there. Will the sun ever shine again from home on the range is my number 10. Wow. Oh, dang. There it is. Maybe soon the storm will be tired of blowing. Maybe soon it all. The sun ever shine. Wish I could say. It's a great song, and if you listen to that episode, there's a lot of context that goes along with the history of that song and when it was written, and it's a fascinating yeah. story. So I, I recommend you go back and listen to that. My number nine is Baby Mine from Dumbo. I'll let the song speak for itself. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Beautiful. Emotional. Wiping tears from my eyes from listening to that. Uh, David, number four on the songs. A whole new world. Now I'm in a whole new world. Unbelievable sights. Indescribable feeling. So good. It, it holds up. Let it go from Frozen gets old. But this song just doesn't get old. It's like a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, uh, Mike, how about you hit us with old eight and seven? <laughs> okay, my number eight is Beauty and the Beast. Taylor's oldest time. True as it can be. Barely even friends. Then somebody bends. Unexpectedly 
That's that scene in that ballroom is beautiful, and that song is just as beautiful. My number seven, be prepared. Oh yeah. David mentioned that earlier. I think it's the best song in Lion King. The best song in Lion King. I think it's the best song in Lion King. Uh, yeah, I think I agree. You know, at first blush, I think that's true. There's a lot of options. You got Hakuna Matata. You got Circle of Life. You have a Just yeah. Can't Wait to Be King. You have Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Be prepared. It's all good. Be prepared. Is It's a good one. All right, uh, David, what is the, number three? The actual best song in Lion King, Circle of Life. such a classic it opens up the movie like you said and it just fits and sets the scene and the african savannah so well okay so mike six and five where are we at six and six five, and five? Yeah. <laughs> six and five <laughs> my number six is the same as david's five did you say colors of the wind it was your five yeah, yeah. Did. great song and mm. especially the bridge There's some great songs in Pocahontas. I don't remember some of them. And they're, they're, they're very good. It's a great, great soundtrack. Excellent. My number five, we're finally into my top five. Is, wow. This is, it's called Love is a Song. Do you know what, do you know what movie it's from? Either of you? Nope. Um, I don't think I do. It is the intro slash theme song to Bambi. Oh, Ooh. okay. It's just got that classic Disney choir, Disney orchestra, those old vintage strings. It's as soon as I hit play on that and that song started playing, it just like I remembered it from childhood and it made me so, yeah. it made me so happy. Is so, that like that scene in Ratatouille when he like tries the dish and he's like transported back in time? Pixar's not allowed on this podcast. Oh, sorry. Whoops. Yeah. Strike it from the record. <laughs> so David, that brings you to number two, my friend. It does. You'll be in my heart. Oh, wow. <laughs> Number, Number two. one. Because you'll be in my heart. Yes, you'll be in my heart. From this day on, now and forevermore. Hits you in the feels. <laughs> Phil Collins. Is the man in Tarzan, but not Brother Bear. (laughs) Yeah, he's selectively the man. So, Mike, that makes us at four and three. three. Yeah. And uh, each of these has two songs on them. (laughs) Well, what What? was happening? So, my number four is uh, Where You Are and You're Welcome from Moana, because I couldn't pick. Moana, make way, make way. Moana, it's time you knew. The village of Motunui is all you need. 
they're so good. Both those songs are incredible. So good. They really I are would probably, amazing. I would pick Where You Are over Your Welcome slightly. So would I. But I didn't want to put two Moana songs on the list, so that's why I combined them. So that scene in Moana where you're seeing her grow up, and you're also hearing the history of the village and how they use their resources mm-hmm. could be a terribly boring thing, but it is quite entertaining. And the yeah. lyrics are very catchy, and the song is so much fun. And that's yeah. where you get to Moana, make way, make way, make way, which I've sung probably 80 times on the show. So that's where you are <laughs> and you're welcome, which is also fantastic. And my number three is also two songs. We're, we're coming back to Princess and the Frog. When yes. we're human is so and good. we're gonna be. If I were a human being, I'd head straight for New Orleans. And I'd blow this horn so hot and strong like no one they've ever seen. Oh my gosh, that song is good. I've been playing that nonstop recently. But it's re- it was really hard to pick that over Dig a Little Deeper, so I have to mention that one as well. Mm, because so that's, that scene with that old lady and all the birds in the house. I mean, preach it. Preach. Yeah. Amen. It's so the good. Gospel, baby. But, it's uh, good. But I think I have to pick the crocodile or the alligator. Yeah. Is it the crocodile? Very good. Alligator. I think it's an alligator. alligator. I, have to pick, I have to pick the gator a little bit over over uh, not, over the witch doctress, whatever she is. But not Dr. Facilier's friends on the other side? No. When we're human is so good. Yeah, it is. All right, David. All right, my number one out of five songs, not 15, Mike. <laughs> 15. Boy, was I a fool for cutting Jim. <laughs> Let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. Make a man out of you, of baby. Of course, of course. <laughs> no the surprise best song there. of all time. It. That scene is just so amazing. Everything about it. The song fits the action and the training so well. It's just so much fun. And I still work out to that song. <laughs> I'm not, like, not even repeat. kidding. I do. That's all I listen to. Punching a bag. <laughs> oh. yeah, that's better than our guest uh, Joe Kuiper working out to let it go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, Mike. So that brings us to your two my, and my one. My two and my one. These are some classics here. Number two is just called Love from Robin Hood. Love, it seems like only yesterday You were just a child at play This is the sequence where Robin Hood and May Marion are falling in love and they it's at night and the fireflies are flying around and they go under the waterfall. And mm. It's sung by Nancy Adams and it just has this, it has this very odd vibe it definitely sounds pretty 70s but it's got an orchestra in it it's just Mm -hmm. like this weird it almost reminds me of like a a weird james bond theme song which is strange to say (laughs) but uh i i really love the song love life is brief but when it's gone love goes on and on it also is featured in the fantastic mr fox 
It is? Yeah, when the foxes are falling in love, they play the song, which makes sense. Wow. That makes sense. Isn't it also the theme on this show, sort of? Yes, it's the song I play as, as, as the outro. Outro, that's it. Yeah. When the music comes in over the over the little once once we're wrapping up the show and the music starts fading in, the little chimes, that's that's the instrumental version of, ah, of the yes. Yep. Sweet. And then my number one, this was so hard to narrow these down, obviously, but my number one is the second star to the right from Peter Pan. The second star to the right shines in the night for you. To tell you that the dreams you plan really can come Talk about a classic Disney choir. Oh, yeah. This is the intro song when Peter Pan begins. It's such a unique melody, and it just has that classic Disney thing to it. Magical, dreamlike. That, oh, it's so good. I couldn't put When You Wish Upon a Star on top, as I mentioned before, so this was my this was my number one. So before we move on to our final, final, ultimate top 10 list, we're going to bring on another special guest. You heard him on our Treasure Planet episode. Daniel Hoover is here joining us. He, we'll call him our chief statistician. <laughs> he, he has <laughs> created spreadsheets, and I don't know what, about uh, the, the statistics on this show. And so we're going to get some fun information from, from him and see how accurate David and I are. Daniel, uh, go for it. What do you got? And how all over the place Mike's ratings are actually <laughs> are. The, everything about the rating system was all over the place. Um, I was even like writing down like the categories i think some of my favorites here were like uh let's see 10 out of 10 luke's fire juice toots and (laughs) (laughs) and like uh what's another one that was that would have been rescuers down no rescuers rescuers oh yeah that's a good uh, that's actually kind of a fun game to play like can you name it it? yeah a hundred creepy hand puppets that was uh that was um, music that was uh uh melody no no that was the Jack and the Beanstalk one, which was called uh, Fun, and Fun and Fancy, Fancy Free. Free. That is right. Fun and Fancy Free. Yeah, um, the, yeah, it's a fun game. Keep going. Uh, there is uh, the the rating between eight and twenty-two inches of a spaghetti noodle. Lady <laughs> Lady the <laughs> which was a that was like a yeah. David had to do like the math on that to get it to his <laughs> his actual percentages. The hardest one to do the like convert to a percentage rating was the 12 hours of the clock in the crocodile's stomach <laughs> because you guys are you guys are like oh i'll give it like a 745 out of 12 i'm like does that mean 7.45 or no 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 that's nope, seven, seven it's seven and three quarters hours so convert it to minutes and then convert it to percentage that was a that was quite the little formula there another good one was uh, out of 10 ba la 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 yes big hero six <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's just some ridiculous ones. Five deer sausages for Bambi. That was a little. (laughs) That was a little like. (laughs) That's Jeremy Corey for you, right there. Yeah, that's right. So that was that was a fun little like system that you guys came up with for this podcast. It it worked out really well. All right, what what were our actually highest rated? movies your actually highest rated movies so here i will sort it by david's highest rated movies first so oh boy so this is in, david's this is david's actual top 10 based on how he rated the movies right yeah Which i, I tried to keep consistent because i understand that you guys also kept like a top 10 list that you updated throughout you know every few episodes or whatever 
that you know you kind of use like a relative ranking but this is like the mathematical actual ranking in the moment <laughs> after having watched it so this is your true feelings on things this this is how i see it yeah and we'll compare we'll compare <laughs> this uh to our actual top tens in a little bit yes so all right coming at number 10 for david is hercules with an 85 percent all right that was out of yeah that was out of 12 olympic gods um <laughs> yes. number nine for david was moana at 86 and a half percent from 10 hey hey's <laughs> uh number eight was 101 dalmatians at 87.13 percent out of 101 spots wow. oh wow yeah so that was that was actually kind of surprising because it didn't sound like you kept referencing that one because i listened to all of these podcasts today like <laughs> yes like i went through like 58 podcasts and like oh my gosh <laughs> like trying to find like <laughs> where your rankings were and who's like top five it was i've i've listened to you a lot today um anyway so yes that was a that was an interesting oh one because i don't i don't think david would have put 101 up in his top 10 it won my 60s best decade pick oh that's there, there it you go did Okay, next is number seven is Sleeping Beauty with an 87.5% out of four fairies. Okay, the first <laughs> one actually in my top 10. Ooh, don't spoil it too much, Dave. Oh, yeah, I can't spoil. Number six is Mulan at 88% mm. from Seven Flaming Arrows. Number five is Zootopia at 90% out of five carrots. Um, I haven't seen that one, so that's interesting that you recommended it that much. I will have to look at it. Number four is Aladdin, also at 90%. Nice. Out of five golden genie lamps. That makes sense to me. Aladdin is classic. Tarzan, number three, at 94%. These are getting way up there for David, too, because he did not give out the 90s <laughs> very often. No. <laughs> you, were, you were withholding judgment a long time on some of these. That was out of 10 elephant hairs. <laughs> number two was actually the Lion King at 95%. Oh. Okay. Ooh. Out of six gas clouds. And what? number one for David was Robin Hood at 96%. All right, Dave, without telling us, without revealing too much, how many of those are actually in your top 10? So I think like seven. Okay. So That's I interesting. Pretty good. I'm very happy with myself. All right, Daniel, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> your percentage is going to be a lot lower, I believe, for accuracy in your top 10. Yeah, because I could tell David was like, he had the percentage in his head and then was calculating it from whatever scale was picked. Mike, you yep. were like, it seemed like you were going off of a three or sorry, you were going off like a five star rating yeah. system yeah. and then trying to convert that to 27,001 <laughs> authentic sugar rush steering wheels, which may or may not have worked authentic. for you. Okay. So Mike's number 10 uh, well, actually, there's a three. There's like a three-way tie. At they all have the same percent. So I'm no, going to no just read all there. these. <laughs> wow. All at ninety percent for number ten were Dumbo, Princess and the Frog, and Moana. Wait, ninety hey, percent is number. That's 10? number ten. Yeah. <laughs> he had a lot. Yeah. He had a lot. Mike, you're generous. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if he throws out like a four and a half out of five, that's right. Ninety. You know. Sure. So yeah, Dumbo, Princess and Frog, and Moana all had 90% for number 10. Barely in ninth place, though, at 90.1%. 
is 101 Dalmatians. Wow. Okay. So again, a kind of a surprise pick. I think Peter Pan was number eight at right. 90.28%. So very thin margins here in these l- l- like <laughs> low <thin>. single digits. <laughs> I feel this like, is like photo finish. Were, Mike's ratings were either 90 and above or like 50%. <laughs> there were a fair bit in the 60s for sure. Like, ha- like half of them are in the 60s or lower. 101 Dalmatians. Okay, then in one, two, three, four, five. In sixth place is Peter Pan at 90.28. You already said Peter Pan. I just said Peter Pan. One, two, three, four, five. In fifth place, again, a razor thin margin here. 90.34% is Atlantis, which another one I haven't seen. So highly recommended. I'll have to check that out. Oh my gosh, yeah. So coming in at a tie for fourth place is actually Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin at 95%. So pretty significant jump up from those 90% there up in the 95. In third place is Fantasia 2000 at 97.5%. I don't think... What was the rubric there? That was out of 2000 anatomically correct ducks. (laughs) that's jordan harms for you right there that's gotta be him mike gave it a solid 1950 anatomically correct ducks out of 2000 oh my gosh which is a 97 and a half percent and just a few a couple points off for that steadfast tin soldier in second place with a score of 98.33 percent is the lion king and Mm -hmm. there's actually a two-way tie for first place (laughs) The only two movies to get a perfect rating from either Mike or David. Three out of three, baby. Three, three out of three, out of caballeros, three caballeros. And Ugh. five out of five suckled jewels for Robin Hood for a perfect score. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, That's Mike, I, I uh, underestimated your ratings. It was actually, they're actually pretty close. I would say, well, uh, there's a bunch of, there are a bunch of ties, but I would say nine of the ones you mentioned are in my top 10. There you go. That's actually pretty good. Wow. All right. I really want to know our bottom, like, can you do bottom five? Oh, real quick. I have some funny quotes too okay, sure. about like while listening to this, because you know, you guys, especially David was so precise. He's like, I'm trying to keep this consistent across all these episodes. <laughs> so when you, David, when you ranked Aladdin, you gave it a 90% and you said, I think that's better than Robin Hood, and I think my score reflects that. And yet, Robin Hood was like your number one, <laughs> and it was like below it. So I don't, I don't know how that shakes out in your Whoopsies. real rankings, but yeah, the math didn't play that one out. It's been like two years, okay? Give me a break. Yeah, yeah. And then um, for Robin Hood, you said I'm trying to think if I can give it a perfect rating or not. I don't think I can. It's not my favorite movie of all time, but. It was at the top of your list mathematically. Whereas Mike said, Mike said, I love this movie so much. It's fantastic. And you actually revised yours up to a perfect rating yeah. because everyone else was giving you crap for three caballeros being better. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, fine, it's perfect. It's my favorite. So, all right. You want to hear bottom five? Yeah. Just go, yes. just go quickly. Through. I'll just go quick. Okay. For David, one, two, three, four, five. Bottom five. Actually, there's a huge tie there. A lot at 60%. Chicken Little, Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Bambi, and Little Mermaid all tied for fifth place. Bambi? Little Mermaid? Wow. That's, a, that's what you said. Brutal. <laughs> Holy cow. 
Uh, right below it at 59% is Oliver and Company for fourth yeah. worst. Mm. Yeah, that's Snow White got 57, just over 57% wow. for you. Oh. Saludos Amigos was 50%. And your least favorite mathematically was Fantasia at oh, four. I thought you were going to be three cabs. <laughs> yeah, 49%. You you kind of yeah you kind of referenced three caballeros being the worst, but that was actually up quite a bit. That had sixty six percent. So it was like ha! it was like your fifteenth least favorite out of however whatever they're like fifty eight of these okay. bottom quarter, but not your not your least favorite according to this. Um, all right, Mike's least favorite. Oh, more ties. Um, <laughs> so fifth place on its own with fifty three point eight five percent is Wreck It Ralph for Mike. Fourth place was Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck-It oh, Ralph 2, so clearly wow. a trend there. Well, and that's interesting because Wreck-It Ralph was in my original top 10. Yeah, it was number 10. It was. Interesting. There's a three-way tie for third, at all at 50%. Black Cauldron, Fun and Fancy Free, and Oliver and Company, all, all were your equally third worst. Makes sense. Black Cauldron. Makes sense. <laughs> Second place also had a three-way tie at 40%. I think this is Mike's like star rating system kind of yeah. coming back to, to bite him here. Melody Time, Chicken Little, and Adventure, Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Huh. That's all at 40%. I think, I think I like Melody Time better than that. And can you pick your least favorite mathematically? Do you know? It's Fantasia? It's not Fantasia. Uh, it got a 28.57. It got less than 30%. Ooh. Was it dinosaur? Like, nope. Dinosaur rescuers? was higher than that. Also, that no, no, rescuers was way higher than that. His uh, rescuers was seventy-two Bear. percent. Nope. It was the sword in the stone. Oh. <gasps> yeah. What? Which uh, your guest gave us seventy-eight percent. So you guys were kind of at odds mm -hmm. at that one. Was that Jordan? <laughs> that yeah. was Jordan. Yeah. I'm with him there. <laughs> I like that movie. Uh, the the worst rating a guest ever gave anything was Chicken Little, got a tw a twenty five percent. Who was that? Jordan, Ray, Ray, Williams. Ray Williams. Jordan Harms gave Fantasia a thirty five percent. He had to revise that up though. He like gave it an extra broken broom or something, and it like bumped it up. And there were hey. a couple hundred percents from the guests. Wes Morrell gave Sleeping Beauty 100%. Garrett Henry gave Moana 100%. Nice. And Andrew Perez gave Aladdin 100%. So a couple of good calls there from your guests that bring them on for their favorite movies. So that was pretty interesting. Cool. What else you got? Anything else? So here's, this is where I thought was really interesting. Um, my sister, Lisa Grove, who'd been on the podcast a couple of times, she came up with this idea because I was talking to her about like fun stats we could talk about. And she's like, you know what you should do? You should look up all of the guests favorite movies that they list yeah. their top five yeah. and oh, see yeah. if there's like a consensus about what, you know, movie appears the most often. It's got to be Emperor's, top Emperor's New Groove is it my guess. better be. Or Lion it's got to be. Yeah. Like I want to hear your guys' guess. So like if you guess Emperor's New Groove, give me Lion your top King? five. Emperor's New Groove, Lion King. What are the other three you think? Uh, Frozen, maybe? It's not mm. Frozen. Frozen actually only got four mentions really? in the top five. Yeah. Wow. Aladdin? That is, yeah. So here you go. Number five most popular is The Little Mermaid at 10 mentions. Okay. Aladdin got 11. Beauty and the Beast got 12. Emperor's New Groove also got 12. 
Ayo. I uh, I kind of retroactively added a count for Emperor's New Groove. It's such a good movie. So I gave myself a sixth count. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you very much. Lisa got six, so I get six. Okay, it's fair. It's fair. And by far the number one most popular pick for the top five was The Lion King at 17 mentions out of 58. Ooh. Oh my god! Actually, no, it's not even out of 58 because you had repeat people. Yeah. 17 mentions out of 36 people. Okay. That is significant. Yeah. Profound. So, that's like almost half of the people put Lion King in their top five. Yeah. Wow. Nice. I thought that was pretty interesting. That is interesting. Any, any other fun facts you've found, Daniel? Well, the only other one was uh, just kind of looking through um, who you had on the show the most oh, often. I wonder who um, that was. <laughs> I wonder. Oh. It turns out to be none other than Chris Lair, mm-hmm. who is the featured guest six times. And I don't know how many times you were co-host. At least once. Yeah. It, when I uh, was the on for Treasure Planet. Oh, on your yeah. episode, Daniel. That's right. That's Good why I remember times. that. And uh, then this little wrap-up thing, too. So seven or eight different appearances for you. Wow. Who else was on here a lot? Looks like... Jordan was probably second most. Jordan was second most at four. Nice. You had Forrest Hughes on three times, Eric Peterson at three, yep. and then a, a whole bunch at two. Sure. So, Yeah. Well, that's fun, Daniel. That was that. I hope that was worth your while because it was that was really entertaining. Yeah. Oh yes, I love digging into this stuff. I'm sorry you had to listen to us so much today. Yeah. <laughs> it actually was fun. It was like I was hanging out with you guys. <laughs> uh, that's really fun. I, I I think our listeners will really enjoy that too. So I appreciate it. So Daniel, we'll let you go. Um, before cool. we move on to our uh, our final top tens, we asked for some messages from you, our listeners, and we got a few. So I'm going to play those right now. Hey, this is Elizabeth. I'm a big fan of Disney One by One. Um, Really great show. Um, Something that I've really appreciated is even though I've loved the Disney movies for a long time, I've always been kind of a plot, content, story sort of person. And um, Disney One by One has really helped me take a step back and look at the greater artistry of the films and notice some of the small details. And yeah, it's interesting, all the history and context. And um, Mike and David are hilarious and really enjoyed them and their guests. So thank you so much. I'll miss this big time. Hello, David and Mike. Tim here. Thanks for having me on your show when we were talking about the amazing, most incredible dinosaur. I know that's the episode that probably has generated the most buzz and certainly the most viewers on Disney+. Plus. Beyond that, I really just wanted to say thank you for all the good times you guys have shared with me through your podcast. Uh, I listen to it a lot when I'm at work or just doing laundry, and it really makes mundane tasks a lot more fun just listening to you guys review Disney movies and just hearing your guys' voices. Uh, If I could give one recommendation, I definitely think it'd be cool if you guys continued the show in some form where maybe you started watching some of Disney's live action movies. I think that's going to be maybe a much bigger list. I'm honestly not too sure, but it'd be really cool if you guys did like a Tron Legacy episode or something like a Pirates of the Caribbean look back. As far as an actual highlight from your guys' show goes, I really enjoyed your Black Cauldron episode. Even though I still have not seen the movie, you guys just tearing into it was really funny. And I think the overall episode I was most surprised by was definitely the Wreck-It Ralph episodes. I liked the first movie a lot, and it was just good going back and hearing you guys discuss that. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how much I loved the Atlantis episode you guys did. That's probably my favorite animated Disney movie. And I wish you guys the best on the rest of your podcast adventures. I know you guys are going to go really far, and thank you for teaching me how to do some podcast stuff, and I look forward to hearing whatever you guys do next. Hey, Mike and Dave. My name is Jonathan. I am from Sheboygan, Wisconsin, 
and I just wanted to say thank you so much for starting up this podcast. I've been listening since late May, caught up on the back catalog finally, but it has been wonderful listening. It has been a great way to make my commute to work a whole lot more pleasant, and I gotta say, you guys helped make the uh, road trip vacation this past summer a whole lot more bearable as well. Favorite memory would probably be Andrew Perez's uh, backstage stories, including the time Mickey got knocked into a body of water and the time Jafar's costume had got knocked around. If you guys ever consider doing a follow-up podcast, I'd say Pixar might be worth a shot. Or if you really want a challenge, there's always the Disney direct-to-video sequels. Though, let's be real, I don't think you or any of us would want to torture you that much. But anyways, wanted to say thank you again and good luck with whatever you have in the future. Hey Mike, hey David, this is Jennifer from Virginia. I have been listening to you guys since the very beginning, so I feel like we have gone on a journey together and I don't even know you. But I do feel like I know you guys. Listening to you guys every single week has become a highlight um, in my family, especially for my seven-year-old who adores you guys and always asks to listen. Um, but I just wanted to come on here real quick and say thank you for putting on content that really anybody can enjoy. Kids, adults, people who love Disney, people who maybe don't love Disney as much. Um, it's been a lot of fun and I hope this isn't the end. You guys are so good and I would love to hear more live action, Pixar, all that stuff. Uh, if you ever need a special guest, hit me up. I'm your girl. Uh, best of luck to you both. Thanks so much. Love you guys. Bye. Hey Mike, Jimmy Hill here. I just wanted to congratulate you on completing your Disney one by one series. Putting together 58 shows, each of them featuring entertaining, in-depth looks at different Walt Disney Animation Studios productions. And doing all that inside of just 58 weeks, that's quite an accomplishment. So how do you follow up something like that? Well, I just want to point out that Pixar, to date, has released 21 full-length animated features. And with Onward coming out next month and Soul arriving at theaters in June, well, that's 23. Please let me know if you want to pursue this idea, because I've got some great stories to share about Monsters, Inc. That's it for now, Mike. Again, congrats, and here's hoping you enjoy a well-deserved break. Thank you so much for sending those. It's been really fun to make this show and to hear your feedback on social media, through our email address. I think we had almost, we're almost up to 30,000 downloads total, which is not crazy, but it's a lot. And and so there's obviously obviously someone out there listening and we really appreciate the support and uh, the love you have shared with Disney movies. I think there's like 60 rating slash reviews on Apple Podcasts as well. Wow, so, nice. Yeah, thank you everybody for leaving those. We, all feedback was always appreciated and it helped us to know there are people out there listening that cared. So before we conclude with our final top tens, I'm sure you can, you've, you've been listening through this and you're kind of trying to guess what, where these movies fall. David, let's read through our original top tens. So back on back on July 24th, when we recorded our, our intro, these were our top tens. Obviously, we hadn't seen some of the movies. I hadn't seen a lot of the movies, but these were this is what we listed off. So uh, I'll do mine first. Ten, Wreck-It Ralph. Nine, Tarzan. Eight, Aladdin, 7, Peter Pan, 6, Moana, 
five, Fantasia 2000, four, Robin Hood, three, Beauty and the Beast, two, three Caballeros, and one, Lion King. And I will say three of those are now gone. Wow. I'm surprised seven stayed. Brutal. All right. Uh, my top 10 were Rescuers Down Under, Emperor's New Groove, Aladdin, Wreck-It Ralph, Hercules, Robin Hood, Treasure Planet, Mulan, Tarzan, Lion King. Six of mine stayed, so one less than Mike. All right. And with that, we'll move into our final top tens. Chris? Yes. Take it away. Here we go. All right, David, we'll keep with our theme this episode. We'll start you off. What's number 10? Before I start, Mike, are you going to list off 15 or is it actually 10? <laughs> I have a list Ooh. of 10. I, there are, then, I have some honorable mentions. And then 20 honorable mentions. I do have some honorable mentions, but I, I've said most of them already on this show. Okay, my number 10, Sleeping Beauty. I think this has been on my top 10 throughout the whole show since it was very early on um, mm-hmm. in the 40s, maybe. So, yeah, it was just such a beautiful movie for that that hand-drawn style it just looks so so good honestly i don't even like remember the whole story but i just remember it being beautiful and being very impressed by the animation and it was cool to see with the movie that old and we we watched that such a long time ago so the the reason i don't remember the whole story is because we saw when did we record that episode november 2018 november yeah but hey look i mean i'd love to a sincere impression. It did. Sweet. Mike, what's your number 10? My number 10 was my number seven, Peter Pan. Ah, nice. Earlier I talked about how much I love the music in this movie. And uh, just a classic. This is when I grew up watching quite a bit. You know, there's the ride at the parks. There's just a lot of, right. a lot of Peter Pan. Peter Pan is very, just feels so Disney to me. And there's so many elements in this movie that just scream classic Disney. And I really enjoyed watching it again. David, number nine. Number nine. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Which we bum, talked bum, about bum. a lot on this episode. It it hit me in places that I didn't expect in a good way. It really it's a movie that gets you to think a lot and it actually has some like historical significance to it. So I was very impressed and one of my most surprised by movies, as I just mentioned. So yeah. I'm surprised that it ended up on my top ten, but definitely deserved it. I, mean, I guess I just didn't realize at the time how much that like affected you <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome oh uh, so then that's nine to you mike what you got my number nine is from 1941 it is dumbo this <sighs> movie was so charming and so short and sweet and great music great characters i love casey jr's coming down the track, round the track, round the track. <laughs> and it was just a generally surprising and enjoyable experience i loved dumbo so that's my number nine. All right, David, number eight. Number eight is a new spin on a classic story, Treasure Planet, which I have seen. <laughs> um, it kind of has like that Star Wars feel, just like all these different types of aliens, which is so fun. And the space ships made out of sea ships is just really cool. Like the electronic sails and everything. And yeah. I love the twist of... I don't know his name in this movie. It's like the Long John Silver character. I think he's called Long John Silver. (laughs) He is? Okay. Yeah, I think that's just his name. Okay, that's good. He's one of those villains. He might be one of my top 10 villains maybe, but he's like likable, but also becomes the bad guy. And there's a good like relationship that goes back and forth between him and Jim. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I do remember. See, I've seen it. <laughs> you did. I, I believe you now. But yeah, it's a, it's a solid adventure story that I really enjoy. You know, in retrospect, mentioning villains again, I can't believe neither of you said the Horned King for top three villains. No comment. <laughs> the Black Cauldron? No, 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 no comment. From. <laughs> Mike, that, uh, that's eight to you then. Jumping ahead one year to Bambi. This, once again, was a movie I watched as a kid. Didn't watch for probably decades. And then I was just enthralled by it when we watched it back in wow. August. Um, it's just amazing what they can do with animation back then. Just the detail yeah. and the, the the way they utilize that multi-plane camera to create depth and to create these long, moving tracking shots. And this, talk about good songs. I mean, I listed one of those songs in my top whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I love the, the rain sequence, too. The dun-dun-dun little April showers. There's so many moments in this movie that are just they're so good i had to put bambi as my number eight all right david number seven number seven which i mentioned on this show tangled it's the first disney movie that felt like a pixar movie to me like that type that level of animation and story just super solid the computer animated movie bolt like two movies before that just wasn't there yet it didn't look that good and they went back to hand-drawn for princess and the frog and then tangled just was like See, really surprising of how solid it was and how good it looked and just everything about it. Good music, good characters, good story. I think Lisa was our guest on that one and the Lantern song mm-hmm. and her whole mm-hmm. like wedding was based on that. So I know a lot of <laughs> so people awesome. Yeah, really care about this movie and I was very surprised by it and it is my number seven. Mike, what's your number seven? Moana, make way, yeah. make way. <laughs> I've talked endlessly about this movie on numerous episodes, so I don't need to go into it. Moana's great. The music's great. The characters are so much fun. The animation is spectacular. Moana. Number six for you, David. Number six is Zootopia. Another one that I was really surprised by. I saw it when it came out, but hadn't since then. Um, a newer one. It's just so clever. There's so many... Mm. Mm-hmm. funny moments and like the animation and the world that they built is so unique all the different climates and environments for all the different animals it's just so funny it's cult- culturally relevant and they there are lots of themes in there that relate to our current world but not in like a, a way that's annoying like Wreck-It Ralph 2 <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I really was impressed with Zootopia and yeah yeah Sweet. So that's number six to you, Mike. Six. My number six is Beauty and the Beast. Mm. I, as we talked about in that episode, I had a Gaston birthday party when I was a kid. I, I, I <laughs> love this movie, and it still holds up. the The songs are incredible. The hand drawn animation is so good. The characters are so well thought out, and and so much fun. Especially all the household items. They should never have turned this into a live action movie because it was a dis- oh, it was a disaster. But the original one is is pretty great. All right. Well, I guess I'll move us on then to number five, David. Number five. Five is Robin Hood, and this one's definitely has a nostalgia factor for me. But just the voice acting is so solid. It's such a like charming world to be in. It's so peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a great adventure of beating the bad guys and getting the girl made Marion and all the different like kid characters are great. And the, the friar tuck is great. And like there's emotional parts and like epic 
you know, battles and everything with the rhino guards. There's just so many like yes. classic styles of characters and animals in that movie. It's so good. That's funny because it seems like a lot of character models in that movie are similar to like Zootopia was clearly inspired oh, by that movie definitely. as well. So. Fox, yeah. mm-hmm. That's a good follow up. Uh, so Mike, number five. My number five, this is a new one on my list. Princess and the Frog. Yes. Wow. Yes. I was hoping that would crack it. Yeah, I already talked about it quite a bit on this on this episode, but man, pleasant surprise. Oh yeah, I watched I watched it again since we did that episode. Sweet. It was one of the first things I clicked on on Disney Plus. Like I need to watch these musical sequences again because they're so good. So good. And I've been playing the songs on piano, and my daughter really likes them. And so we're I think we're gonna be at Princess in the Frog House. Yeah, I'm staying away from Frozen. We're going we're going Princess in the Frog. Atta boy. <laughs> Sweet. All right, David, number four. Number four is Mulan, and I hope they don't. Butcher it with this live action movie, but seems like from the trailer they're like changing it a good amount. It could be a good remake. Um, I'm not really sure, but the original is so good. It's such a mm-hmm. cool adventure and has great music. Um, it's gorgeous. Like the action is cool. Like it, for an animated movie to have like that avalanche scene and you're just on the edge of your seat a little bit, and it's just it's so fun. Um, and it's a unique story. Like having a a girl fight in the Chinese army was, I guess it wasn't an original. I think they copied no, some it's an like old legend. folklore and things, mm-hmm. but it's the first time I heard of it and probably most people in the West. So it was a very cool story. You know, that's one of those movies that I feel is best enjoyed on the biggest TV you can find and with a great sound system, just crank the volume because it's like the sound design is so good and all the, the visuals are so amazing and breathtaking so yeah yeah. not to mention eddie murphy some solid comedy in there yeah no kidding so mike number four we're three happy chappies with snappy serapies you'll find us beneath our sombreros (laughs) we're brave and we'll say so we're bright as a peso who says so we say so the three caballeros hey (laughs) well done (laughs) it stayed in the top 10 Although it's been dethroned. I'm glad it wasn't number one. <laughs> yeah, it was number two for you, but it went down a slot. So then number three, David. Aladdin. I didn't like expect this to be in my top three, but after watching it and I just really enjoyed it. I mean, Mike mentioned the genie, one of the best Disney characters of all time. Um, mm-hmm. It's close to my heart because of the cartoon show, which I probably watched more than the movie. Yeah, just like me that, too. the world it's so cool like there's so many adventures aladdin goes on and um obviously that movie is kind of the start of his his story but it's a really good start and um some solid like i don't know jafar is one of the top villains too he's such a good like character model and like in the prison cell when he's like the old man there's so many clever animation choices in that movie even besides the genie that just make it so good Plus the music is obviously yeah. First, amazing. give me the lamp. <laughs> yeah, so good. Mike, number three. My number three is from the year two thousand. It is dinosaur. No, I'm kidding. Fantasia. Oh, Fantasia two thousand is my number three. I've declared on this show multiple times how I believe this movie to be a masterpiece. It is like the opposite of the original. It is short. It is well paced. It is funny. It is just, it is an incredible movie. And it's amazing that Walt's original vision for Fantasia was to make this, you know, this constantly changing traveling concert piece. And it never happened because the original one wasn't a success. I wonder why. (laughs) Um, 
but years and years later his nephew decided to bring it back and had to convince you know the disney studio to do it and they did it and they brought in their greatest animators and they picked some incredible pieces of music and they brought in some still famous celebrities to do the interstitials and it's just it's such a peaceful calming entertaining you could put it in the background and it'd be good or you could sit and watch it intently and it'd be good and not to mention the rhapsody in blue segment which <laughs> i've talked about way too much on this show i think is it's perfection it's eric goldberg perfection and so that's why fantasia 2000 is my number three deserved so then david closing in man what's your number two this is very tough, but I'm giving number two to Lion King. This was my number one previously. But Your number one. I don't know. I, I think part of it might be that I'm just like Lion Kinged out at this point yep. from the live action from the summer. We recorded that like back to back with this one. And I've seen Lion King so many times. It's just like it doesn't quite have that entertainment value for me anymore but at the same time like it's such an amazing movie it's hard to yeah it's, it's hard to say it i don't know yeah it's just it is almost perfect and that's why it gets number two but it's not my number one yeah it's still very high on the list you know number two is a that's a very high honor spot yes so mike what's your number two my number two is the lion king for the exact same reasons what <laughs> you too well, hmm, Mike, can we, I want to try to guess who your number one is. That's, that's fun. Yeah. David, why don't you guess Mike's number one? I think I, I think I know David's. Uh, I think I know yours. Let's All right. a three, two, one guess. All right. All right. You're guessing each other's. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Robin Hood. Tarzan. Well, is that true? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Go ahead, Dave. Tarzan was the movie i watched on my first one-on-one -on -one date with my wife <laughs> uh the music has you know been independent from the movie that the soundtrack has been something i've listened to forever um it's a movie that i watch when i'm sick it's a movie that i watch you know when i want to see a, a good disney movie in general it's just like it's that movie that i can watch an unlimited number of times and still be entertained by it and it has emotional emotional parts, mostly from the music and mm -hmm. also epic scenes and some really interesting, cool animation in the in the jungle. So yeah, in general, it is my favorite movie to watch. And even after watching all these, I would say it holds that spot. So Mike, your your number one was was what again? Robin Hood. David mentioned most of the reasons why I love this movie and when he talked about it at number seven or whatever. Um, but he didn't mention the score, the musical score for this movie. Mm. And it's obvious that I love it because it is the soundtrack to the Disney One by One podcast. The opening song, Robin Hood and Little John are walking through the forest. And then at the end, I use that as well. And But then I use, like we mentioned, the love song as background And the hamster dance. Yeah, and it's also the hamster dance. Yeah. But this movie is just so, it's so much fun. And the characters are so good. Every character is is lovable. Even the bad guys you love. The Sheriff of Nottingham is amazing. Yeah, Prince John, as I mentioned, is amazing. So good. Man, that went up four spots for you, man. And watching it again, 
relatively recently i just adored every minute every minute of it there's some great action sequences the whole archery scene where they go to the challenge but then there's the they're chasing each other around and then at the end when he breaks them all out of the prison by like using the rope over with the bags of money and like there's so (laughs) many great great sequences in this movie and even like even the calmer stuff like when they dress up like fortune tellers and they go into his little into his carriage and they steal all of his money like there's so many fun cool scenes and set pieces in this movie i love the mice it. giving yeah. their coin to friar tuck oh yeah. so heartwarming what that's the poor box <laughs> and you're gonna give it to poor old prince john <laughs> yep so robin hood it is awesome all right great list well i mean that's it that's how we should probably end this show so uh, is that it or is there another <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the f- at the very least, I'm taking a hiatus. I know David's probably done because he has his own podcast. Dave, you want to plug it real quick? Sure. Snapshot Gamecast, if you're into <laughs> gaming, I have a couple, 10 episodes are out right now. I'm interviewing some cool um, entrepreneurs and CEOs in the gaming space over the next couple of weeks. So Sweet. yeah, check it out. It's on all Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Snapshot Gamecast, hosted by yours truly. And, and those of you that know me well know that I'm always working on something. I'm always working on something on the side and I have I have many things I want to work on. This has taken up a lot of time, though it's been fun. It's also quite tedious. I like to really edit these <laughs> things down. As you know, there's lots of music and sound clips and I cut out all of our stutters and ums and ahs. And mm. Oh, we don't have any We sound stutters. way worse in person than we do on the show. We stutter. But it was, it was my goal to produce a very high-end sounding, well-produced podcast and I think we did it and I, I really enjoyed the process, but it's a lot of work. So at the very least... There'll be a break and probably in a month or two, I'll be like, man, I want to do that again. And I'll call up Chris and we'll go through Pixar. (laughs) Yeah, let's go, boy. (laughs) I mean, if there's all of a sudden like super high demand and you want to like give us money, (laughs) 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 then, uh, then maybe, then maybe we'll keep going. But, uh, it's, it's it's been a ride and it's been really fun. We've, we've, we've thanked you. We've, we've thanked you listeners through throughout, but I will, I will thank you again. So can we, can we expect we, the listeners expect another episode in November for Rayo? Yeah. I mean the, the next Disney movie comes out November 25th of, of this year. So no guarantees, but I'm sure we can, I'm sure we can work it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stay subscribed. And, and again, if you haven't listened to past episodes, these movies are very accessible. I'd love for you to go back. I'll probably listen through all these again at some point too, just cause it's fun yeah. to listen back. Especially black cauldron. There's so many episodes. I was trying to like, I was trying to think of my favorite moments from our show. But yeah. We've done so much that nothing like immediately stuck out. I have one when we recorded the Little Mermaid in Florida with our wives oh, and yeah. parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. That was our only in-person episode. Yeah, all this time David's been in Colorado. I've been in St. Louis. But yeah, we got to we got together in person in Little Mermaid. My favorite random moment, and it's like sort of bragging about myself, which I don't like to do. But I, <laughs> I uh, in the Saludos Amigos episode, we're talking about that song. That song Brazil. Chris, you're on that episode. I was the, that sequence about the watercolors of Brazil, and yes. I was doing research beforehand, and I found out that there was a reference to Brazil in the Last Jedi, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Yeah, I remember <laughs> and, that, and I I love that little section because I brought in all the different versions of Brazil that the evolution of it through the years and how yeah. it went from Saludos Amigos to the movie Brazil to Ryan Johnson to the Last Jedi and John Williams' score, and uh, I thought that was a really fun really fun thing that was uncovered i loved all the lord of the rings references oh, yeah. in our 
uh, Black, Black Cauldron. Cauldron episode. Yes, it yeah, basically became a Lord it. of the Rings episode. <laughs> I loved because I didn't know what you were going to insert exactly. So when I listened to the episode, I was just cracking up <laughs> all the, like the music and oh, so much fun. A couple other favorite moments yeah, while it. we're talking about it. Uh, the Hostile Discourse crossover for the Lion King live action in the summer was really fun to do. We did our classic debate format of... We debated what the worst possible Disney live action remake would be. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And then right after that, Mike interviewed Tony Bancroft and Rob Minkoff, director and animator of The Lion King. Those are pretty awesome interviews. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were both great, especially Tony Bancroft was amazing. He was super accommodating and so much fun. He said a lot of, so cool. a lot of great stuff to say. And we even chatted a little bit afterwards, too. He wasn't in a big rush to get out of there and... and uh, just a super nice guy. All of all, everyone I interviewed was, was great. Rob Minkoff was great. Bruce Broden was a super nice guy, and it was it was really fun talking music. And then the very first one, George Scribner, super nice guy again, director of Oliver and Company. I wish I had more time to invest in in, in tracking these folks down because it was really fun doing those interviews. But again, that's just a lot of time, and I was trying to mm-hmm. pump out a weekly show. So maybe that's something I could do. Yeah. I could just start tracking down these folks and just do some sporadic interviews. That might be that might be a good a good yeah. uh, backup plan. Yes. Some, somehow Twitter DMs really work. Like that's how I've gotten all of my yeah. interviews for yeah. my gaming podcast. And then of course we had Jim Hill on on our Lion King episode. Jim, just my one of my favorite Disney podcasters. He and Len Testa have the Disney Dish podcast where they mainly talk about theme parks. But Jim has this extensive knowledge of Disney film history, and he gave us an extensive history of Lion King on that show. <laughs> Awesome. And then I also want to thank Mike Rallman of the BR Guest Podcast. I was a guest on his show. I, I mean, he has thousands of episodes on him. It was, it was. I remember it was April fifteenth of last year because it, it was tax day. And on that episode, I talked about my trip to Animal Kingdom and to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. He also let me promote this show, and we got a ton of listeners, a ton of new listeners that week. And I know a lot of you stuck around. So, to our to the BR Guest listeners who jumped over from there to Disney One by One, I, I thank you for that. So with that, we'll end this show, possibly for the last time, at least for a while. Chris, thank you for joining us. We had you on many times. You were basically our third co-host, so it's a, it's a pleasure having you on our, our final episode. <laughs> well, thank you very much. As always, it is such a pleasure to be on this show. I love it. One of my favorite things, getting this opportunity to uh, hang out and talk about Disney with you, Rolfings, has been a great source of joy in my life. And, and you help add to the joy. I love your, your, <laughs> you're so enthusiastic about everything and it makes it fun. So. <laughs> oh, good. And David, it's been, it's been quite the ride. It's been a year and a half of watching Disney movies together, though far apart. But it's been fun getting together weekly and, and talking with you and, and seeing you through my computer screen. So thank you for jumping in and doing this crazy thing with me. Of course. And... I think the only one we watched together was Little Mermaid, the yeah, one right. in Florida. <laughs> wow. Only one? Yeah. yeah. We didn't do Whoa. any like FaceTime movie watching <laughs> sessions or anything. <laughs> but, wow. you know, I have to end with a quote from the best Disney movie of all time. Put your faith in what you most believe in. <laughs> two two uh. cities, one family. Yes. Oh, uh. yeah. All right, we'll end this show. You can check us out on anywhere on the internet at Disney 1X1. There's no real reason for you to leave a rating or review on, on Apple Podcasts for us because uh, we're done. But uh, thank you to all, to all of you who did that. And uh, we'll see you in November with Raya and the Last Dragon, if not before. Thanks for listening to Disney One by One. Goodbye. Bye. When you wish upon a star 
Easy. 